So I'll be somewhere and a person has taken the class and someone else says, what's it like? And I usually look to the person who's been in the class and go, tell me, what, what is it like? And they say, you got to try it. This, there's nothing like this. I think that's because we have this leaving the mind during the experience. Hello and welcome to You Can Do It, Do It, a show about people whose lives have been transformed by trying something new. Today, we have Alexis Devine of Divine City Cycle. I'm Alexis Devine. <laughs> I do lots of things, but um, regarding the business that my sister and I own, Divine City Cycle, which is 425 West Fountain Street in Providence. We've been open about three years, and it is a spin studio, so indoor cycling specifically. Um, and we decided to open it because I was teaching other places for years and was able to take classes with two people to wait lists. And so I told my sister, who had owned a business pre previously, I said, so um, let's open a business. And she said, okay. And 10 months later, we were open. <laughs> wow. kind of how we do things. Oh my so, but it is with that mentality, that's sort of the, the root of Divine City Cycle and, and what um, our philosophy is, which is being unstoppable. If you want it, you'll get it. But it also takes a lot of hardship and falling down kind of believe that you'll get it. So that's sort of the big gray picture. Yeah. But um, indoor cycling and we are our own brand. We are not based on somebody else's model. Um, you won't find anything like it on the Internet. There's not a lot, not a lot of like, woo, yeah, you know, that there's some woes, but yeah, no, yes. <laughs> it's after you've just like gone your heart doesn't feel like you fought Mike Tyson. Um, but we are also designed to cater to every level. I didn't like group fitness when I first tried it over 20 years ago because I was uncoordinated um, and just was completely insecure and just knew everybody was looking at me, which nobody was looking at me. It was my own issue with me. <laughs> Is so, this like the Jane Fonda, Richard Simmons style you like know, dance aerobics? Did you want me to tell my age? <laughs> <laughs> I was 10 years old when I started fit. No, um, but really, it is. Um, it was a little post Jane Fonda, Richard Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know when that was. So oh, thanks. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, just, I mean, I don't remember what year span it was specifically. I'm not like, I've never heard of these things. So wait a minute, but do you remember the outfits? Oh yeah, definitely. It's like burned into my memory. I can't. Well, we don't wear those at Divide City Cycle either. <laughs> but anyway, the concept behind it was that I was really uncomfortable in fitness, and I had a background in performing arts, and but I really didn't like that feeling, and and it was, I felt less than, and so we wanted to create a space where people could enter fitness. And being willing to feel comfortable within themselves, within their vulnerability, see that being insecure is unique and special to you, and then be willing to grow into that and turn that into your strength. So, and it's a real community there because everybody who comes in there has kind of started that way. We acknowledge it. But the background of the style of it is very music-based. It's not, um, you know, sort of the bouncy and the, the things you might see on TV or um, the the rhythmic, it is rhythmic, in the sense of um, we do have movement that's beat based, 
but not your, by definition, of the fitness arena of beat-based. It's more heavy beats like R&B and hip-hop. Uh, that's, that's my class. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my classes because I grew up on hip-hop. But um, our other instructors use similar forms of um, music bass line, and, but maybe different styles, different melodies, if you will. That sounds very gentle. It's not gentle. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Having, I was going to say, you've been there. Having been to quite a few classes, it's not. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine. Like, I haven't been to a class, but I'm trying to imagine R&B, hip-hop, cycling. Like, How do you mix those beats in? in it, it? It's magic. Huh. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And yeah. that's, that's what sets us apart from the rest. Huh. And if you go there... Um, our thing is welcoming first and then connecting someone to music. And it's, it's almost like connecting, it it becomes spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I have just always, I hear music in my head at all times. I walk into board meetings listening, like in DMX in my head. And then I walk into other ones. I'm like, I'm feeling sad today. <laughs> but um, it really, I think along that line, in, in all seriousness, it's about connecting with the song or the music and being able to take that to that, that emotion through your fitness experience. And that makes it less of an exercise. We have instructors. We had one instructor and she played a song and I was like, Ugh. You know, Halo. By mm. <laughs> I was like, of all Beyonce songs, she made it work. Yeah, By nice. the end, I was feeling emotional, and I huh. felt like I had a halo. <laughs> 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 no, but but you really, we take you to that place. Yeah, and it's to an emotional edge, which you know, when when hearing this as I'm describing it, it's kind of all over the place. But the concept is pushing yourself to um, do physically beyond what you think you can possibly do because the body can Mm. um and connecting that to the external of music and making that be the combination that gets you through it in a in an enjoyable experience it's we want to take you into your that zone yeah and there are times when that that really clicks in like for me when i'm doing a class like there's one song that you you play i I don't know the artist but it's like from Game of Thrones. That one, every time <laughs> yeah. that song plays, it it gets me in. Like, I just lock yep. into that and, yep. you know, crank the gear up and go in a third. And it's just like, I'm I'm in yeah. it. And literally the time just flies. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. it's over before I know it. And I'm like, Whoo. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, just like totally in the moment. And there is this, like, there's this thing about, I, I love riding my bike. And there's a special connection that I've always had with riding a bike. It's just, so easy and I I know that's not you know not not everybody has that experience but um when when you were deciding like what type of exercise it was was cycling the first thing that you picked or did you have other ideas in mind not cycling I'm a terrible cyclist on a street I used to actually be good at it but I'm not anymore you know the whole once you learn how to ride a bike, you never yeah. Play. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I used to ride like a bike in Manhattan and you know. Oh, wow. so, yeah. But it, and then I moved to Providence and didn't have to ride it. Yeah. But anyway, um I started teaching kickboxing years uh-huh. and years. So I took this first class um long time ago. Felt insecure in that class, right? Never take a fitness class again. My sister, who's really actually the athlete, she's the the fittest one out of the two of us, but she's she's the humble fit 
um, But she said, come try out this class. I did, and it was an instructor who made me feel the way we try to make people feel, which is welcomed, yet pushing yourself, and where you're pushing yourself from within, not just because she's saying to do it. So I loved her instruction style. She actually left the gym where we were, and I said, well, I'm never going to work out again. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And uh, she... So she trained me to teach. Oh, wow. And uh, it, and I was also kind of running at the time, and, and that was sort of my therapy too. But I then went into the kickboxing, and really it was my relief. It was my therapy. It was it was a way I've gone through a lot uh, in my life, and at the time it was a tough time. And it was like, well, of course, boxing is, like makes the most sense about how I'm feeling yeah, right now. Right. <laughs> and that turned the response to that. I would get letters. I did it at Brown while I was um, a student, too. And I would get letters about how it helped people get through um, the mental challenges of being a student and in the um, collegiate atmosphere. And so then I took a spin class. I was like, oh, I'll teach this. (laughs) And not because anyone can do it, but because it just felt right. So when I reached the point of I loved it and then I reached the point of I want to share this feeling I'm getting with another. And um, that had been my experience with the instructor from before. And then that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and the classes got waitlisted and so on and so forth. And then that's when I said, ah, time. <laughs> let's open our own. Yeah. So when you said they got waitlisted, you, you mean like people couldn't get into your classes because they were right. so popular? Right. Do you think that's an important part of teaching is loving it ahead of time and that's the reason you want to do it thousand percent and and that's connects to we typically only hire people who have taken our classes show that feeling and that love for it um and that personal connection and i can spot them right away and and our instructors right now i think we have four we're training two who have never taught spin before, before or fitness classes, a couple have never taken spin before coming to the studio. And they are, they're rock stars. They're phenomenal. Yeah. They'll, I'll, I'll retire. Oh, well, I'll have somebody's class to go to. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for the best class in the world. I was like, well, let me just create my own. <laughs> <laughs> and so you said some people are coming in who have never even done spin before? Yeah. How does that? So they just, what, what about their love for fitness or something about that makes you want to bring someone like that in? Their, their love for fitness, um, a lot of them will be doing other things and that they continue to do. Whether it's yoga, Pilates, I think that that's actually where we've drawn a mm. couple of our people from, from that arena of fitness. And so I wonder if that has something to do with the connection, the mental connection and the challenging one's body. And so they come in and they gravitate to the rhythm. Of it. That sounds so corny. <laughs> it sounds like you're about like you're about to break out into a song. Like, I really am. I just, <laughs> gravitate. It's like an EDM thing. It's like <laughs> gravitate to the rhythm. And I got to make sure that it's clear that that's not what our studio is like. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll cut that. No, it's okay. We won't. <laughs> no, we don't. No, don't cut anything. No. You got to find out. It's, yeah. It is one of those things. I think that that's where we are, the unicorn. You will only know if you see it yourself. Hmm. You have to. It's hard to put into words. So I'll be somewhere and a person has taken the class and someone else says, what's it like? And I usually look to the person who's been in the class and go, tell me. 
what, what is it like? And they say, you got to try it. This, there's nothing like this. I think that's because we have this leaving the mind during the experience. But I don't even know what happens during class. I become, it sounds like I have an ego when I say Sasha Fierce, so I'll have to come up with some other alternative. No, you, you, yeah. go, you, go, you, you go into a mode. Yeah. Yeah. People say, you know, oh, what did you say? That was great. Because I'll say things, and I really do. I go, I have no. Or they'll say, what song did you play? And I personally don't make playlists. Yeah. I expect our instructors to. But I don't make playlists because I want to feel what the, the energy the group is giving me. And that's just, I think, to, again, have an ego in this. That's just the gift I've been given, is to read a room. And I've been in there and said, okay, everybody's on the brink of tears. Let's take them there. Um, or I've been in there and, and I go, oh, nobody likes me right now, yeah. so I'm not going to tell any jokes. <laughs> and, and they thank me because that's go, a great <laughs> thing to be able to read in a room because some people cannot read when they need to just like just let just it go scale back just yeah see you've heard the stories <laughs> yeah i mean it happened for us recently when when uh, we showed up and you're like y'all are having a bad day today i'm just gonna we're gonna get 20 minutes and then we're gonna really wow uh, you like you didn't leave us alone but it was like yeah. no we're just yep. gonna make it hard make it intense like dig into it all right now you're here yeah you know you're out of wherever you were yep wow. and now you're in the room now we're gonna actually yeah you know do some work yeah and that was you know it was like it was funny because i was feeling that too i was like man i'm so distracted like i'm not here right now yeah and, and you, you just kind of looked around you read it and it was like wow huh. yeah all right now i'm here and mm. that's how you can get the work that's how we can give the work up yeah. yeah you know um i go over and touch everybody's hand the the top of their hand. I'm not like, oh, let's hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> I, I play patty cake with everyone. It takes a very long time to start a class. <laughs> We're over before you know it. <laughs> but um, it, but I also know whose hand. And I just do a little tap. Mm. I see you. I see you. I see you. Mm. And I also can walk over and read. Oh no, there's no hand touching here. I'm just giving <laughs> no like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just like giving the muscle. You know? Yeah. I, I beat my chest kind right. of thing. Yeah. I think it's uh I think it's cool and it speaks to some of what you're saying in that you've mentioned uh kind of the psychology of people, you've mentioned the emotional experience, you've mentioned that your uh divine city cycle is about pushing people uh, past their limits, but you haven't mentioned specifically, we're going to get you shredded and you're going to lose 20 pounds. Like, I'm sure these are all effects. These are all things that like are positive aspects of doing it, but you're not going into it and saying like, come in here and your body will be better now. It's like, you'll be a better person. Like you'll feel better. And you know, as a side effect, you'll also have this fitness aspect. So that's a really I good point. Yeah. Oh yeah. I will never, yeah. that's funny. I never even thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we really- did. We, it's been 20 minutes. We haven't mentioned fitness. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. We mentioned like experiences, you yeah. know, and emotions and yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the kind of place I've seen people. Um, I had people lose 60 pounds. Wow. Um, but that's, when they walk in the door, we don't – it's not necessarily a goal. It's like I just want you to feel good about yourself. Yeah. And then whatever comes from that and whatever good means to you, that's where we're going to take it. Um, so – and it really is – I've had so many people come to me and say I've never been somewhere I feel like I belong. And an example that we try to make sure – so someone, someone last year said, what are we going to do for Pride you know, month? And then they said, well, do a Pride weekend. And I said – like I told the team, I said, you guys put it together and all that. For me, and I know I speak for all of us, pride is every day. You know, this is not Divine City Cycles doing something for pride or we're going to do 
this focus because it's, it's every day. Um, so, and we've had people come to the studio and say, like, finally feel like I'm somewhere where I'm, I'm just, it's a community. And it's a community that respects individuality and respects um, each of us and each of um, our sense of identity, too. That's a huge component of it is acknowledging someone's story through fitness. Some of my other work is in behavior change and um, sort of case management. It's taking someone through their trauma that we and processing it through fitness. It really sounds like the kind of place, I don't know what's going on in that studio right now. <laughs> but that's okay with me because that's, that's why we're one of a kind. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's fitness, but that's not what we're, you know, th- that becomes the part of the identity once you get through it. What was the experience that sort of led you to the idea or like the, the lesson that it's not, the, that it's about you, the, the person, and not about, the, the thing that you're doing. So years and years ago, my my ex-husband said, and I never talk about him, so I'll talk, I'm good with, I'm good wow. with it. I'm good with it, okay? <laughs> but that's not my point. It's yeah. like, but, but anyway. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I'm an open book, yeah. right? <laughs> but, but there is a point. There is a point. And uh, we had a membership at the Y, and he said, I'm canceling the membership. You'll never use it because oh. I hadn't. And I said, oh, Watch me now. <laughs> I have been exercising ever since. <laughs> so wow. I think that that that's what, and I became someone else. Mm. You know, that became fitness became part of my identity. Yeah. Um, someone said, "You want to run a marathon?" I was like, "I don't have anything to prove, but I do want to engage in that activity." But um, yeah, I trained for a half marathon <laughs> with someone in this. We ate too many cupcakes, and the woman was on my my staff at my other job. And I said, we got to stop. We got to do something about this. And she said, let's train for a half marathon. I said, okay. We printed a training schedule. We started the next day. She said, which one are we going to run? I said, oh, we're running one? I thought we were just going to, like, <laughs> do 13 point. One. Yeah, let's just. She said, well, how will we be a candle, you know, hold ourselves accountable? Mm. I'm like, by running 13.1 miles one day. Yeah, and then we're done. That is not <laughs> how a lot of people think. Yes. Yeah. She made us sign up. Right. I was late for it. If yeah. anybody who knows me is listening, it's like, oh, God, of course you were. I was late you for it. You were very it. timely for this I was yeah. trying to prove she, you were You were like seven or eight minutes early. Early, I was yeah. Put that on the books. Yeah. I, I would, yeah. uh, please do. Please. In fact, when you open this. That'll be the opening paragraph in our description would of the episode. Mind? Yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even for this half marathon, I, yeah. I had to run. I had to park and run to the start line. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, like, get behind people. Yeah. So I ran maybe 15, 14 miles. That's awesome. <laughs> but I think in general, it's what fitness has done for me. I used to be a smoker. I, yeah. you know, bartender. I had late nights. Um, mm. huh. And it just kind of got me on a track that felt good. Yeah. Bottom line felt good do you think there's sort of going back to the the running thing or the half marathon thing do you think there's some metaphor there for you of like i I think most people train for the event Mm -hmm. and it's really easy not easy but like it's it's a lot easier to do a marathon or to do a half marathon if you are training for something right rather than to to just on the everyday on your everyday life Mm -hmm. yeah like your your conditioning and you're keeping yourself able to do it with nobody watching. Yeah. 
Yeah. It sort of seems like there's something there for you that it, it doesn't really matter who's watching. It's like you've got this intrinsic internal motivation mm-hmm. that's driving you. Absolutely. In fact, I hope nobody's watching. I say run. <laughs> it's a shock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but, um, but it was about yeah. you. It's not about the crowd or no. the, the applause or the accolades no. of doing the thing. It's like, mm. no, this is I'm eating too many cupcakes and I, I want this to change. Yeah, it really, and it really is about, um, okay, I said it, so we're going to do it. Right. Oh, my God, we, I said it, so we have to do it, right? <laughs> we had six cupcakes yesterday, so we're going to train. And, and I think that that's sort of my tendency. I'm not a planner. I have a staff at one of my – in fact, the staff at the studio, too, team. I don't like calling them staff. And they're planners. Hmm. They're a great fit for me. But I am the one who will say, guess what? I decided we're going to do <laughs> and um, it's worked for me. Maybe it's I have a sense of control over something when I establish these things and say them out loud. Sometimes I'll say, you know, it's a I'm going to be okay kind of thing, and that comes out in the studio. Just say it. I'm going to be okay, and this is my channel. Um, so, yeah. Am I answering a question? I just talk. I love talking. Yeah, you sort of going on a theme. No. Where did I, I go? Mean, there is a, I'm punctual, right? Is that what yeah. we're saying? Yeah. That's the thing. That's it is interesting because they're um, to the counter of how you approach and and, and uh, can engage with things. There's a psychology to when you say you're going to do something because you've said it, you get like a, a endorphins. A endorphins from it. Absolutely. And so sometimes that can be good and sometimes it can be bad because you feel like you get the rush and it's almost like you did it and then you don't but there's something for you that you say and like it's out there and so now it's like well I've committed to that because I said it it's the promise yeah it's yeah exactly yeah it's and it's been kind of part of my history I think when I don't know I'm looking because I'm trying to guess your age (laughs) the movie movie fame the movie fame comes out I'm living in Vermont Woodstock Vermont and I say it sounds like it's not real. But I said, I'm going to that school. And so my parents happened and moved to New York. We moved to New York City. I grew up in Harlem. We moved to New York City, and um, you have to audition for high school. And performing arts was the one I auditioned for. I auditioned for the other uh, schools, Bronx Science, Brooklyn. Didn't get into any of them. <laughs> really question. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I can't do it. <laughs> but I can dance, and I can act. Um, so I got in for theater and dance, went on with that, had my daughter and ended up moving to Providence. My sister was here. The point of this was when I get to Providence and I worked in restaurants for a while and then I was like, oh shoot, I need an education. And I'm not saying these things are simple. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting them, but, and I really was, I said, I'm going to apply to, I'm going to apply to that school Brown. And this, this is like true stories. <laughs> this is all I got. This is all I got. I got like the fact that I'm working on being punctual and that when I say <laughs> <laughs> when I say I'm going to do something, I always do it. Yeah, you know, no big deal. <laughs> when you um when you decided to go, just take it back to you mentioned like you're like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna go to this place Brown. What did you go to school for? What was it? Well, I was of course I was going to be a doctor. I had something to prove. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Even rewinding, you got into Brown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you went there. I did. Wow. 
I did. Yeah, I, right. I, yeah, that's the part I, I kind of skipped over. Sure. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, no. I didn't say that part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were like, I'm going to apply to Brown. And then you're like, anyways, my next fitness thing. And I'm like, I did, did. Did, Brown, wait a did it happen? Did Brown happen? Okay. <laughs> um, you can't apply. Right. <laughs> yes, I can. That was a long application. It was all on a keyboard at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah, I went and my goal was to, I was older, I had a six-year-old and I was in my twenties. And so I was, they don't have a pre-med department, but you take sciences and courses that are required to get into medical school. So I started that. And then I took a public health course and this is kind of early on and what's public health Mm. and fell in love with it. It was logical to prevent illnesses through addressing behavioral health. So that's what my career has gone into is behavioral health and through intervention design and, again, drawing from personal experience. But, yeah, I, I did go. <laughs> I, did go <laughs> I do teach at the medical school now. I am, wow. Um, and so that's fun. <laughs> I want one of the jackets that say, like, Med- Brown Medical School, but I'm not a doctor. We can find you one. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. like, Etsy's a crazy place. I just, sure. I, yeah. just, I just don't want it to be false advertising. But I do. Right. I am actually um, – I'm assistant faculty and, yeah. Wow. So. And so you you teach there and you have a regular job and you are a more conventional job, I think, as well. And and you own a business. I do. With my sister, I always say, with my sister. And so I'm I'm not doing everything alone. Um, She's my best friend in the world. It's awesome. Nobody believes in me like she and and my family. My my mother believes in me. This is my dad. But um, she's just been my my go-to. And, yeah, so I do have... I have like a nine to five. That's never a nine to five. And, but I think those things, people say, how do you do them? I, I, I don't know what I'd be doing otherwise mm. because they're fulfilling. Yeah. Um, and then I, you hear, I ramble, I go on and on. Imagine being stuck with those thoughts without having to channel them into a career of some <laughs> multiple careers. <laughs> so what am I going to do? Well, you can't do it. I'll prove uh, you yeah, wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I <Damn>. can. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I can eat every cupcake in this bakery. You think I can? Oh, I will. And then I'm going to run a half marathon. And then I, that's where actually originally when you were like, I ate too many cupcakes. You're like, I did a half marathon. I ate too many cupcakes. And I'm like, it's just going to end up with like, I was on the side of the road halfway through. All the cupcakes were gone. And I was like, I'm not giving up. I'm going through. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, oh, okay. okay. You ate too many. And then you're like, I need, I want to get this fitness game up. I'm going to, okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I always start from the end. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. And so it seems like like health and fitness uh, is just a part of everything you do. It's just weaved into everything you do. But it's like you said, it's not driven by calories. It's not driven by I want to look a certain way. It's, I want to feel a certain way and accomplish something. Now, Brown, if, you know, from coming so – I grew up in Rhode Island. JP did too. Um, and my wife also were Rhode Island – Rhode Islanders. You didn't no. name anyone else. My uh, wife did. And, my uh, daughter has. So let me far. tell you who else grew up in Rhode Island. Well, I make a long list. My kids. Your, your kids. Her kids. Uh, <laughs> other people's kids that we know. And uh, let's go out anyway. outside and see who grew up. You got Roger Williams. Uh, no, no. I'm never. I'm, this is my here. last he episode. I'm, I'm. I'm done after this. <laughs> but uh, so. Stop, stop. Actually, I think there's a Google page of people who grew up in Rhode Island. I'll just listen it up. So Wikipedia. This read the Wikipedia. Minutes, right? yeah. Notable Wikipedia. celebrities. Notable, not notable. <laughs> just people. Just people. <laughs> just, 
<laughs> people Steve people Steve knows people Steve grew up Carol in knows who grew up in Rhode Island. <laughs> There's only 20 people. How is Listen, that? I know, a lot of, I know a lot of people who grew up in Rhode Island. Don't put anything on Wikipedia. This is crazy. Well, I didn't grow up here. Oh. Okay, so that's true. That's true. So anyway, what, Brown, Brown University, as someone who grew up in Rhode Island, historically has been very difficult to get into. So what? What was your story to get into Brown? <laughs> It's true because yeah, I mean, we do keep glossing over the fact they that take, like it's not. They take two kids from each school in Rhode Island a year. Yeah, like, and most of the time they don't even pick the valedictorian because yeah. they don't want the valedictorian. Right. Well, there you go. That's how I got it. <laughs> 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 I, I <say> this. <laughs> By not being the valedictorian, I get it now. Hello. Yes. <laughs> And not going to school in Rhode Island. They were yeah. really picking two like, non-valedictorians. We'll take a million outside of Rhode Island, but you know people who grew up around <laughs> <laughs> my, my friend Steve can help with the admissions got, department. He knows quite a, a big, few. Actually, a, a remarkably small oh list. <laughs> is it on Wikipedia? <laughs> it is on Oh, okay. Well, oh. He's a contributor. Whoa. <laughs> That's suspicious. <laughs> I think everything is funny. I think that's the good uh, part about the studio yeah. is I think everything's funny too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Gotta get to this. Um, you have to. Yeah. I know. I do really want to now. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big cardio person. You know, I yeah, like I said, I started doing CrossFit recently, and that's like the most cardio I've ever done in my whole life. But uh, I don't know. It sounds this sounds like a very fun environment. It sounds like a place where I could actually move my body in that way and not be unhappy yeah. it's all in your head it's where yeah. your head yeah. goes like and i think everything in the world is funny so sometimes i'm on the bike like laughing sometimes i'm on the bike crying i put right. on a song the other day i was like oh my god i think i'm gonna cry too well it sounds pretty um, great doing a spin class with hip-hop and r&b i don't know yeah oh, it's really, it really entertaining is. yeah and and you can really get some anger out when you're mm-hmm. in my that was i think what yeah. got me into it all is anger kind of hmm. getting that release out yeah i'm not don't worry i'm not angry anymore <laughs> oh. That's how I stopped kickboxing. <laughs> I mean, I'm kickboxing. done. I'm, I'm no longer angry. I, I, can't really, yeah. I just know, can't hit people anymore. I did. No, real story. True story. I fell in love. <laughs> oh, so you're like, I can't kickbox anymore. <laughs> in my classes, I was just not connecting. Oh, no. From <laughs> this very difficult, difficult, like, I mean, I've experienced trauma and all that. You know, I. I wasn't connecting. And yeah. I said, I can't. It's not the no. energy you have yeah, give it, yeah. It worked. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't feel like it was authentic. Yeah. Huh. And they knew. I was like, guys, sorry, I'm in love. You know? Wow. <laughs> and they also knew when I was going through, um, you know, other tough times. They yeah. were like, yeah. oh, no. Who? Is she okay? <laughs> that was really hard. Yeah, she just broke Cindy's jaw. <laughs> with one punch. Just back up. She's having a hard day. <laughs> Where's Cindy? <laughs> but, but and that's how the studio is now. Though it's a balance. Yeah, it's a balance so that you don't ever have to be once joy. Can't know joy without pain. You know, can't know strength without struggle. In New York, I dropped out of school in the eleventh grade. Now it's like, okay, where are we going? Mm. <laughs> I had a story to tell to Brown. Yeah. yeah, but I did. I dropped out of school in the eleventh grade. I was an honor student, and this. I'm not saying like, oh, I was an honor. I just mean this is part of my story, yeah. and. Um, I got bored. I was really painfully insecure. I was, I think, and this is where, again, I'm an open book. I'm biracial, and I don't look it. And I had a lot of identity crises in in high school and challenges in that way. So I dropped out of school 
kind of had a lot of fun living in New York. <laughs> like, if you're going to drop out, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like a lot of actually my life experience has led me to be successful in my career working with adolescents and behavior change and employment programs. I went back to school. And my parents said, we were devastated when you dropped out and said, I can't believe it. They said, but when you said you wanted to go back, we were like, nobody goes back to school. Right, yeah. I went back to school and I had my daughter. So I was a senior and towards the end of the senior year, I had my daughter. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was, it was quite a story. So anyway. And you can you, you just like re-enrolled back in high school? My parents had to say she's changed. Oh, um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I went, I re-enrolled. Yeah. And um, my parents are, are advocates. It's all about their kids. And But I had been an honors student. So they were, my parents were just saying, she'll finish it. Yeah. We'll make sure she finishes it. And mind you, four out four classes out of the day, you dance. So anyway, and after I had my daughter, I moved to Providence. When I applied to Brown, it really, it was that moment that I was like, I'm just going to do it. I don't know what happened. And I was able to write. I put everything into my essays back. It was like paper, like I said, and there were three questions. I can remember some of the sentences in my essays and very much told a story. And it was a story like what you just heard and that. I know this is right for me. And I, I will always say Brown has um, been a part of my life that just I will forever be grateful to them for. I think Brown really teaches you how to think. Um, and that happened. And when I got there, I actually thought I knew a lot and I was humbled. Um, and then I was kind of angry. There were times when it was like, can, TikTok, can we get out of class? I got to go pick hmm. up my kid. Right, yeah. I had a class that ended at 3, and she got out at 2.57, and I would run. She knew. She got it. She was yeah. like, oh, you're going to say, Mom. <laughs> Thanks for staying late, Mrs. Jones. <laughs> oh. But I think it was sort of having that story, and I, I think perhaps I was recognized as being able to make that kind of contribution, contribution to their um, community, their academic community, and um, it wasn't until my junior year that I really believed I belonged there. I believed I could get in, but those first two years were. And, it, and I think it was in my junior year that I discovered where I discovered the public health component and where sort of my meaning fit, which was behavior change, which kind of is based on my world. Drop out of high school, go back to high school. Like, what is it in that? And um, a lot of it, I think, is I always had a job. And since I was 14, I had two jobs always minimum uh, that was my purpose that kind of grounded me I think and so I run employment programs in my nine to five ish so that whole process and every piece in it I'm very grateful for I did always wonder how how the hell I got in there but but it was um it, it was a life-changing experience for me um so I make sure I reflect and say I'm I'm very grateful for the things that have been part of my story there's something that happens when you say yes to the opportunities that come. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to go to Brown. Yes. Fill out the application, submit it. You actually get in. Like, the, you know, it's now on you to actually, like, you could have sat and just said, I got in. Great. Yeah. Right. I did what I came here for. Like, yeah. I wanted to get into Brown. That, that's an excellent point. You know? And I think that that's where I got a huge education. I didn't, I didn't know how to use a graphing calculator. I mean, like, yeah, I got in. I'm Alexis. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Do what I say. And I get there, and again, I mean, I'm with people are taking notes on their hand. 
Or just kind of looking. I mean, and and I don't mean all. I just I do remember one girl took notes on her hand, yeah. <laughs> and and just being so consumed. I would be so consumed by my thoughts. Um, I had an exam that I got a thirty eight on, and I remember somebody going out of a hundred, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, actually it was out of a hundred. No, Brown does their <laughs> test from out of forty, <laughs> out of thirty eight. Yeah, out of thirty eight. <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> But I was spending so much time, like back in that that first mm. fitness class, mm. worried about everything going on around me. That it was getting through that, yeah. you know. So you can, I think you make a great point. You can get in. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, or not. I'm just saying it's what you do with it, and that's that's yeah. why there's just one goal. Yeah, it's and a big enough goal for some people, and be like, cool, I did it. There's a thousand <laughs> other yeses as you go through yeah. a four year program, if not more, of like, yeah, every day you have to show up, every class you have to show up. Like you have to, you have to put yourself into this. And I'm sure with a, a young daughter that didn't make that any easier saying yes to Brown. Yeah. <laughs> she maybe went in, to school. Maybe in some eight. ways, maybe in some yeah. ways it did though. Cause you had someone like outside of you that you were also saying yes to. I think, I think so. I definitely at the time really identified as being a mother. That was my identity. And it was, I have to do this. So she will see that this is what you can do and this is what you will do. I mean, it was really about modeling for her. She's done very well academically, and but for her, part of our home was education. She was there when I was studying. She saw me. She, I remember her coming in and going, did you go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I was still at the computer yeah. like, after I read her bedtime story. I was studying story. when I went to bed. She really was studying <laughs> this morning, so. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been sleeping all night. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I think that it's what you do with it. And that's the story. That's the meat. Sometimes I'll talk about the gray area of, of struggle or challenge. It's when you, you don't know. It's a marathon without the event. Yeah, exactly. And can I do this? What helped you get past that? Um, so in some communities, they call it like a, uh, and I, I don't, I'm not going to speak for you if this is how you think about it, but like an imposter syndrome. Like you feel like, yeah, I'm doing these I things. Be I'm, here. I shouldn't be here. I, yes, I've succeeded up until this point through luck. I just keep blindly getting through, but I shouldn't be here. How did you um, overcome that while you're in college? Because it sounded like you got to a certain point where you felt like, okay, this is this is for me. This is something I belong to belong in. When I look back, I, I do say, I don't know how I did that. I have no idea. You're going to get me choked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm very emotional. <laughs> but um, I, I do think fitness, I do think that was my therapy. In each of these things, though, I do look back and say I have no idea. Um... And I do think maybe fitness was my distraction and, and the chemicals. It really was the chemicals. I think that fitness, you know, I have anxiety. It was probably a, a natural thing for me to do and not even being totally aware of it because it would, I guess, calm me and help me focus. I think that that process is you get into the zone, how I would imagine athletes, like, you know, they get in their zone. And it's like, how do I push through that wall to the end zone or whatever it may be? And so you're in the zone and you look back and go, damn. And maybe that is part of what being in the zone is, is you get into that mindset, you get through something and then you look back on it. And if you had been able to think like, this is what I did to get through it, you wouldn't have actually made it through it. I don't know. It's, it's, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sort of guessing it, it like it, it relates to like flow. It relates yeah. to just like belief in yourself. And I, I don't know if you've heard the state of flow where like you, you kind of like uh, you just you, it's kind of just hit a groove, essentially. Yeah. You hit a groove and you like don't even realize what you're doing, but you're doing it very successfully. And it's because yeah. you're not, you're, you're, 
something like more subconscious has taken over mm-hmm. and you you know how to do it. And if you get out of your own way, you can, you know? So. I think that's exactly it. And, and even the sort of the, uh, from the literal component of it, I of a flow, I started taking classes in the summer because it was, I found the first two years, if I took the time off from school in the summer, I'd be out of the flow. So it would take the first half of a semester for me to kind of get back in it. So yeah, it has has to become part of my lifestyle and a routine. And, and I do think, you're right. That's kind of how you just keep going. You just keep going. And I remember. I remember the time that the day I decided that I wasn't going to pursue biology as my major. I think it was bio community health. I think my degree is in bio community health. <laughs> you're like, I think my degree from Brown University. Because <laughs> they were like public health. What are you going to? Yeah. You never had an answer for somebody at a cocktail party. Like, mm. oh, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm, you do with this. I'm going to find people I need to change. Yeah. Uh, not for me, for them, so that they could be healthy. Um, but I remember, it, <laughs> and as corny as it'll sound, it was, I went to, was it Strawberries? There was a record store. But I bought Stevie Wonder, I can't remember the album, but the song As is on it. And I just played it over it. Like, you just get into that zone, you get into the, And that was the moment where I, and it was just like a spiritual moment of what the music felt like. And, and I went, it's okay to not want to pursue medicine because perhaps the pursuit of that is to prove that you can be a mom and be, you know. And so it's also learning where you fit in your, in what is success to you and that it's your own measurement. Um, that we said. And then I called my mom and I said, it's really hard. And I cried and I cried. My mother, my mother said, I went to college with three kids. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so and you're like, mom, did you and drop one a of bike on the other side you. of the phone? <laughs> yeah. One of them was you. Think about that. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I said I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. No. <laughs> She's not that kind of mom. Yeah, She's yeah. the kind of mom who's like. It was more like. Like an encouragement. Of us. Like, you got this. Yeah, you can. Yeah. The, to when my dad says, you know, if you ask me how to boil water, I'm going to tell you get the pot under the sink, and he goes through steps. He says, you ask your mother. I don't know. You just boil water. It just <laughs> you just boil it. That's okay. <laughs> so like, yeah, just boil it. Just, Duh. So maybe that's how we got to be. <laughs> yeah. He he knows all the steps in the middle because you don't think about the steps in the middle. You can get to the end. That's exactly right. And that's, <laughs> that's, awesome. that's what I <laughs> love. That's awesome. What's, what's 30 for 30? 30 for 30 is um, great. Um, another business, and I will mention the other business, Providence Power Yoga. Um, their owner reached out to us, and she talked about that was um, a model that she used that was, was successful. And I said, you know, you mind? Can we we're not, it? Yeah, we're not competitive. She said, my gosh, I love supporting businesses and so on. And so we did use um, that model, and it is a really, really great um, deal. $30 for 30 days, unlimited. You can take as many. In fact, you could take three classes a day if you really want. Wow. So it'd be like 90 for the so, <laughs> <laughs> Um But it also gives you, it's a great opportunity to try multiple instructors to set a routine for yourself. So for... You know, the class ends up being a dollar a day if you go every day. But to set that routine, see what works in your schedule. Uh, I really encourage people when they do that, try as many instructors as possible. We all have this, are part of the brand, but have some little different styles within it. But it is a great deal. $30 for 30 days from the time that you sign up, it starts. 
And then after that, there are other intro offers once you complete that. One is 10-pack for $99. Um, then you have options of unlimited options and and um, choices like that. But we found the 30, back to my roots in behavior change, mm. um, it allows you to develop that pattern of behavior. Yeah. And the lifestyle of fitness as part of the community to see that every class is a welcoming class. And it's about you being safe. It's about you knowing in advance what to do. We're not going to just, you know, do this, do this. These are the, did I do that, Steve, with you or did I just throw you right into it? I, so my first class is actually with Olivia. Perfect. Yeah. Um, did she do that, actually? <laughs> yeah, so she, she's in trouble. She ran me through, like, the mechanics of the bike. She she asked me first, like, you know, do you ride a bike in the street? Have mm-hmm. you ever been to a spin class? Like, some basic class, basic things. And it was like, I've been outside on a bike. This is totally new to me, so definitely, like. And she, like, showed me the adjustments on the bike, like, got me fit right. And so, like, I, I know, like, what a good fit on a street bike feels like. Right, right. Um, and we found an, a good fit with the spin bike. And it's, like, it's a different... Yeah, it's different. It's a different yeah. ergonomic sort of thing. Um, it feels like a bike, but it's not. It's not really a bike. So there's a yeah. There's just a different orientation uh, that I had to adapt a little bit to it. She showed me like you get into different positions on the saddle, um, and walked me through each of those. She made sure like that I knew kind of the the distinction in the class is like like when you're riding a normal bike, you tend to put a lot of weight through like your arms and shoulders and back. Um, where in their class, the or your class, or you know what she explained was more like you want to put more weight on your legs, and so like I actually like it took me a few weeks to figure out how to get that to happen. Right, because right. I'm so used to riding a bike versus spinning that it was like oh, and when it finally clicked, I was like yeah, I'm gonna need to buy because uh, they then, look good on you. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's yeah now it's it's uh really getting into the the rhythm of it but it it was you know it's that that 30 days was actually nice because it got me acclimated to spin as a a sport right not just an alternative to biking it's like this is a different thing i i think that's well said i think that our studio does it is more of a sport yeah it's very much more of a sport it is nothing like the brand spin it is um at Divine City Cycle, it's a sport. It's a mental sport. It's a physical sport, but it's one you can do. I think I say to people, the first <laughs> first class is the worst one. The second class, you're kind of like, okay, I know what to expect. The third class, you're like, yeah, I've done this before. Fourth class, you're like, yeah, I'm taking spin. It's class like riding today. a bike. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> so Olivia is going to get um, a promotion now oh, because she is doing fantastic. what we have now. <laughs> I, Olivia, you are not getting a promotion. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we'll, we'll lead in the episode with that. <laughs> all, all of our instructors actually, she's in law school right now. Yeah. All of our instructors teach and work, um, or and or in grad school. But Olivia had never taken spin before. I think she, no, her sister hadn't taken spin. Olivia had maybe taken two spin classes in college, and she's an example. She's a great instructor. So that's where an example of the 30 for 30 being, and our styles are different, right? Yeah. They're the same, oh, totally. you know, base of moving with music and the, the drive sprints and going uphill. And with the 30 for 30, you can take multiple classes and get a feel for different styles. That's really awesome. So you've got, you've got this sign, this big word art. What do you ride for? It says in the, in the studio. I, I definitely want you to tell us how that came about, but also on the other side of it, is what has it done for you to ask yourself that question regularly? That's my drive. That's why I wake up in the morning. That's why my jobs are all kind of very different and fulfilling and having a sense of purpose. And I think through our stages 
of life and our story that what or who changes or evolves. So what got me through, I guess what we talked about earlier, the, the flow and, and the, the gray area to get from struggle to strength kind of thing, was being able to say, when I taught kickboxing, it was what are you fighting for? There was just so much that I had going on that I needed to work through. And you're blinded by the physical, the chemical reaction in the body, the adrenaline and, and all that. But by starting it with, what, why am I, what is this fight? What, what am I riding for? You'd do it if you had to, you know. Um, if somebody were chasing you, I mean, this fight or flight, but either way, you, <laughs> you're yeah. doing something. Or a who? Who would you fight for? That's what it's meant to be is let's take the activity out of this and remember the purpose. Remember the, the drive. Why does this matter? Why is this important? And for what or for whom are you willing to do anything? And I, I have to say, you know, you know I have stories for everything and I digress all the time. But I think of during Katrina, the hurricane, there was a woman who was carrying her son and she's walking through the water and carrying her son. And I had – and I had already been doing fitness. So this was just kind of a reminder of the body can do anything. And I kept thinking, like, she's dehydrated. She has nothing left, and she's carrying this child. And my kids have always been big kids, the big <laughs> kids at birth. And I, I kept going, could I do that? Could I do that? If you want it, if – and I'm not saying when things go wrong, it's because you didn't want it. That's not how I mean it. But you'll do anything you have to do, and that's – so where, where's your purpose that's willing – that you're willing to walk through the flood? With no idea what's on the other side, but just getting through this moment right here. That is kind of what happens in the studio, I think. It's a, what what do you need to get through? What trauma do you need to get through emotionally? What have you survived? And and now go back to how you survived it and what are you going to do with the trauma that you've been left with having to go through that process? So it's making the intangible tangible by saying this is this is what or why. And then just letting the process happen to, to reach that place that where you go, I don't know how I did that, hmm. but check me out now. Like, oh, <laughs> look at me now. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the studio is about. And then at the end, the goal is that the answer to what do I have to keep going for? So at one point in my life, it was absolutely for my kids. And of course, it's still for my kids. But it's then at the end going for me. I have to keep doing this for me because whatever that is matters. I have to take care of me first, too, and look at what I can do. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Purpose. I love it. Well, thanks so much for being on today. Thanks Thank for having yeah. me. It's awesome. This was so fun. Thanks again for listening to You Can Do It, Do It. If you want to learn more about what Alexis is up to, visit youcandoitdoit.com. A big thanks to Night Swim for the use of their song Fiji for this show. And you can find that on iTunes and Spotify and wherever great music is sold. And again, thank you so much for listening. We're really happy to be doing this show and surfacing all these amazing people in Providence. So uh, the more you let others know about it, the more people we end up getting introduced to and being able to share their story with you all. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.